Uh-oh. Don't tell me. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom? Most likely. Bring it on. <laughs> is this Pixar or is this This Hades costume is the stinkiest costume on this brand. <laughs> Babies are often very useless when you need to get things done. Take a puff. Do you fear Big Bong is a sus individual. It's a lot further down than it looks. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Kyle, spooky season. Uh, it felt a little bit longer this year than it <laughs> normally does. I'm just going to throw that out there, but sure. uh, it's in the rear view. Yeah. And, and now we're in the kind of awkward post-Halloween uh, pre Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, winter holiday uh, months, and so, uh, but it's it's fall. It yeah. is fall. It is it is the heart of the fall season. It is, and what comes in this kind of weird interim period for us on the podcast is we get to do a little little goofy brackets before we get into maybe the heavy holiday themed stuff. So, in honor of fall, we're going to be talking about the best Walt Disney Animation Studios fall. People are constantly falling in these films. Uh, we're just talking about the animated ones. We're not going to be talking about Pixar, no Marvel, no Star Wars, no live action, just the animated full length features. And there's a lot of falling. When we were going through and like thinking about what didn't make the dance, you could go through the movie and find at least the movie list and find at least three falls every single film. Sure, it's like it's like the one acceptable form of violence in <laughs> Disney movies. Yeah, how do we how do we kill someone that doesn't involve uh, maiming in some way? Well, they fall off something big. Yeah, like, how do we kill someone, or how do we go ahead and get a cheap laugh in the middle of the the first act here? We're gonna make the main character fall. So we've got sixteen great ones, and joining us on the podcast to help us break these ties, our first time guest hosts, Eric and Karen. Welcome you two to the podcast. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, so you're first time callers here. Uh, I know Karen's a listener. Karen's part of Jerry's gang. Uh, we're going to be seeing her. We have just seen her at Trivia on Sunday. Uh, Karen and Eric, are you two Disney fans? or Do you have a you know sort of history with Disney at all? Did you grow up with these animated films? Yeah, um, I grew up watching them. Um, typical Hercules was my man. I had oh. the plates. Um, I Ooh. loved her place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I have three older sisters. So I was, they all love Disney. They all, my sister loves all the Disney princesses. So I, I grew up with like Sleeping Beauty and like the, uh, like the actually OG yeah. Disney six. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, you cracking open those VHSs on a Saturday morning, popping them in. Literally, my mom still has like the drawer full of all the VHS, like hundreds of VHS tapes, and they're all still. They're I all love that. Oh man, yeah. I whenever I go home, I I spy in the garage like a big 
empty pl- or big plastic box that are just full of these VHSs. And I'm like, you, you guys can get rid of these. I think that we're going to be okay. I'm not sure that that's a form of media that's coming by back. But uh, Karen, Eric, great to have you both on the podcast first time. This is going to be a fun one talking about falling. Uh, and in order to talk about these outrageous little clips, we need a, some spoonful of sugars in our hand. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking this week? Well, um, I don't know if y'all can tell, but I'm fighting a little cold over here <laughs> um, in the East East Bay. I'm feeling a little congested, and those little sinuses, a little runny nose. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna power through it. Um, I woke up this morning, and and my dear, lovely love of my life, girlfriend, beautiful <laughs> angel on earth, um, she comes in and she's like, "I found this sinus relief tea." in our cabinet and I was like let, light it up baby let's yeah. go and I drank a cup and I went into the cabinet before our recording to make myself another cup of sinus relief tea um and it is actually a uh, stress relief tea uh, it is not sinus uh relief tea um, my beautiful lovely girlfriend uh, momentarily lost her ability to read uh, but we <laughs> We are drinking a Yogi brand. Uh, shout out Yogi. Uh, we love Yogi in this household. It's a honey lavender stress relief tea, soothing right. serenity blend. Uh, I yeah, and so that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> and, and, hey, I'm drinking it out of the Haunted Mansion 50th mug. Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah, so it's a little Disney involved, I guess. Like uh, Kyle, what do you got? Uh, I made my my very first old fashioned. I've never made one at home before. Wow. Wow. Uh, and so I went to the store just to get one orange before recording today so that I could have a little garnish and a little orange oil around the rim of this drink. So uh, for those of you who don't know, it is a whiskey drink, two ounces of bourbon whiskey, a teaspoon of sugar, uh, three dashes of Angostura bitters, uh, a teaspoon of water. You mix up the ingredients before you add the bourbon, add the bourbon, mix it up with some ice strain it into a glass and you have an old fashioned. It's it's delicious. I felt like w- having something that is going to warm me up. It's been a little chilly here in the Bay for the past few weeks. And sure, so it's, yeah. it's nice to have something warm. And let me tell you, this thing is warming me up. Mm. This is I am already sweating uh, just drinking this in this hot guest room of mine. So I have an old fashioned and I have it in my little Club 33 uh, rocks class. So also a little bit Disney. Um, Karen Eric, what do you two have over there? Um, I made some hotty toddies. I did not go to the store to grab a lemon. I walked outside to our our planter and I grabbed a lemon off the tree. All right, no flex. need to flex. Flex. No need to flex. All right. flex. Um, but yeah, this is my first time making a hotty toddy. I eyeballed everything, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> eyeballed everything. So how high was your your alcohol when you're holding it? Like when you're eyeball, you're I did one, two, three. <laughs> You did the old two <laughs> shots of vodka method, huh? Two <laughs> shots like, of vodka. One, two, three. <laughs> perfect. Quick. quick. I like it. I like it. That That's a perfect fall drink for this bracket. All right, Chris. Uh, in order to get this round of 16, we had a certain demographic that we needed to survey. What is our demographic this bracket? Yeah, we sent the interns back into the parks in Southern California. Mm. Um Hey, I mean, where's the best place at the Disneyland Resort to fall? 
got to be Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, right? Of course. So of anyone course. anyone riding that attraction knows a thing or two about falling and what <laughs> goes in to a fall. So we had the interns post up outside the exit of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout and survey Mission Breakout riders. We say, hey, I hope you had a nice fall, but I got to ask you a question. What is the best Walt Disney Animation Studios fall? And we got 16 great great animated falls on here that I cannot wait to talk about. Um, but as you mentioned, Kyle, there are a ton of them. There, there's a fall in just about every movie. Some movies, multiple falls. You yeah. fall all the time. So uh, so not everything could make our field of 16. So ton miss the dance. What are a couple for you that stood out? Yeah, I've got three that stood out for me. One is one that didn't make the dance because of a disqualification mm. is uh, Eddie Valiant in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, he ah. enters Toontown and is searching for Jessica Rabbit, goes up into that like apartment building and is running away from like ugly Jessica Rabbit. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. And he like escapes through a door and closes it behind him and realizes there's no floor under him. And he right. starts falling and he's free falling. And you get uh, the skydiving Mickey and Bu- Bugs Bunny that show up with him and and give him a false parachute and all that good stuff. So that's like one. That's my favorite. Disney fall. I think that's a phenomenal one. Uh, second one, a Goofy from a Goofy movie. He falls quite a bit in a Goofy movie, but particularly the one I'm talking about is at the very end of their road trip when they go over to uh, Roxanne's house and Goofy's car blows up and sends him like soaring through the sky and he falls through the patio roof uh, and and that's it's just a Goofy moment. And so I like that one as well. And then my third one, is Aladdin. Aladdin gets like knocked out and tossed into some water <laughs> when they find out that he is uh when he's Aladdin and I uh I just like to see Aladdin suffer. Sure. So that's going to be my third favorite fall. Uh Chris, what are a few for you? Right, well, I got to give a shout out to our favorite jazz cats, the Aristocats, of course, uh, who are just who are just jamming so hard that the whole Floor falls out of the apartment building and they fall several stories uh, yeah. to the base of an apartment building just because that, you know, they're just, they're just playing, playing Jamming the hits. Hard. Yeah. So uh, that's got to be one of them for me, uh, as well as Clayton, the, the, the Clayton death in Tarzan. I don't think this was a death that made our best villain death bracket. Um, but I saw a post on Disney Reddit today. It came up. Um, they were talking about the death of Dr. Facilier. Naturally, conversation transformed into other Disney villain deaths. And, and there's a lot of people out there that really hold this Clayton death in very high esteem. Huh, um, interesting. But it, yeah, but it is a fall death and it is very like morbid uh, because there's vines and he ends up kind of like strangling himself <laughs> on the vines on the way down, which is like, you know, obviously they don't show it, but it's uh, definitely puts an image in your head that's a bit unsettling. Uh, so I guess that's one other one that stood out to me. Um, Karen and Eric, uh, any any falls that you can think of uh, from Disney movies that are not on our bracket today? I love the fall where Yzma and Kronk are like, pull the lever, Kronk, Kronk <laughs> lever. Yep, that's a great one. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, I like the pain and panic from Hercules when they they like fall together and do like kind of make weird contorted shapes. I guess, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. I was trying to think of a bunch of falls and every fall I thought I was like, oh, wait, nope, that's Pixar. That's Pixar. <laughs> that's Star Wars. That's Marvel. Like, yeah. You know. It's a trope that filmmakers everywhere lean on. 
to uh, advance the plot or get a laugh. And I'm excited to talk about the 16 that we have here. Chris, let's announce them. Our, our bracket of 16 best animated falls. Let's cue that dramatic music. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? The Pride of Pride Rock comes in at the number one seed from The Lion King. It's Mufasa's Death Fall. Falling down, down, down at the number two seed is Alice Falling Down the Rabbit Hole from Alice in Wonderland. Secured the Hag. Coming in at number three is The Evil Queen's Death from Snow White. Feeling the Burn at the number four seed is Frollo's Death Fall from Hunchback of Notre Dame. No one dies like Gaston. Coming in at number five from Beauty and the Beast, it's Gaston's Death. Launched into a pack of hungry hyenas at the number six seed is Scar's Death Fall from Lion King. No hair, no stairs. Coming in at number seven from Tangled, it's Mother Gothel's Death. Bring it on. The number eight seed is Cusco and Pacha versus the Waterfall Fall from Emperor's New Group. You gotta be kidding me, because the number nine seed is Cat Yzma's lengthy fall from the Emperor's New Groove. Triggering a fifth grade science experiment at the number ten seed is Ralph diving to the rescue from Wreck-It Ralph. Snowed out about the number eleven seed from Frozen, it's Anna Kristoff and Olaf's cliff jump. Meeting some monsters at the number twelve seed is Moana visits the Realm of Monsters from Moana. When will the clock strike midnight on the number 13 seed? From the Great Mouse Detective, it's Radigan and Basil's fall from Big Ben. <laughs> Escaping monkeys at the 14 seed are Tarzan and Jane ditching the monkeys fall. We don't talk about Bruno, but we do talk about the number 15 seed. From Encanto, it's Mirabelle's visit into Bruno's room fall. <laughs> and returning from a long night out of partying at the 16 seed is the drunk Baymax fall from Big Hero 6. Karen and Eric, are there any matchups here in this first round that you're interested in hearing uh, what way we go or, or, or debating? The first one. Yeah. <laughs> a little Mufasa versus Baymax action. <laughs> I'm very biased with Baymax. I'm sorry. Oh, all right. We already know which way Karen's <laughs> leaning. Great. It's like the quintessential fall for Disney. So yeah, that's I'm gonna torn. get the nostalgia. That's gonna definitely get the nostalgia vote, and I think probably got the like being the first seed. I think got the nostalgia vote from most everyone. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We absolutely will see. Let's get into it. Uh, Chris, do you want me to go first? Do you why want to start you, off? Why don't you go ahead and kick things off? Right, I feel like man. I kicked off the last couple. Okay, I'll start us off here. Number one, Mufasa's death versus number 16, Drunk Baymax. Uh, I had planned to kind of do quick recaps of these falls and describe them for folks if you hadn't seen some of these films or don't know specifically which fall we're talking about. But we know Mufasa's death fall. Like I don't need to go into mm, what no. that is like. Um, there's some details of the fall that I like, but you know what it is. Uh, interesting thing that Disney loves to do. You brought it off the top. If if you're falling, you're falling for a laugh or you're falling to your death. That's really like the tropes of Disney falls. And this is the most iconic one is Mufasa falling to his death. And he does so in a very Disney way as well. Almost every death on this bracket, uh, when they fall, they're falling on their backs. They're not like 
fallen head first, except for maybe a, a Frollo. Um, but if they're stumbling back, they're going to fall straight down backwards, which is interesting because lions are cats. And you would expect that Mufasa's uh, riding reflex true, would true. trigger midair in which he would try and twist over and land. Maybe he does that once he hits the kind of dust that we see him disappear in and he tries mm-hmm. to flip right way. Um, but just because he's landing on his feet doesn't mean that he's not going to get hurt or, di- or killed. And in this case, uh, he dies. So that's Mufasa's fall. Uh, very, very Disney in, in the death realm. Uh, very dramatic. And it sets up a very important plot point. Uh, Drunk Baymax. Uh, we love Drunk Baymax here on the Mouse Madness podcast. Yeah, it's been a minute since we talked about Drunk Baymax. It has been a minute. And I forgot how funny this scene is. Uh, right? Just like from the beginning uh, when he's at like the police uh, the the police station and they they get home and he's acting like every drunk blacked out friend we've ever had to help home. Uh, Karen went to UCSB. She understands that I live this lifestyle. You always had a homie that you had to bring back up the stairs uh, after a night out, and that's Baymax here. Uh, he rolls up and and uh, what's homeboy's name? What's the main character's name? Uh, Tana- Hero, no, obviously. Yeah, right? Tanashi's the, the dead brother. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Hero is like, all right, Baymax, hey, you got to be quiet. We got to get you upstairs. We got to sneak you up there. And of course, what does Baymax do? He's loud as hell. Uh, he's talking about how they just jumped out of a window. And Hero's like, no, shh, shh, you got you to be quiet. And he's like, we jumped out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> which is just the drunkest thing that you can do. <laughs> Uh, and and the fall comes in which Hero is trying to scurry upstairs before his aunt catches them. And Baymax goes to take a step. He winds up. That knee gets high. Picks up that knee. He's about to set that thing down on that first step. And what happens? Not even close. Misses it. Falls face first into the steps. That's the fall. Uh, hilarious. Wonderful. Good laugh. Good ending to the drunk bit. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, but in this matchup, I'm going to go with the number one seed. I think that Mufasa's fall is the more Disney fall. I think that they love to send characters down long distances, whether they die or not. And uh, a Baymax one is kind of an anomaly. Uh, You don't see it very often where you get the kind of trip fall. And that's what I think that we have here with Baymax. So I'm going to advance the one seed. Yeah, we actually have a few gag falls on this list and it's interesting to me how some of them I find funny and some of them I find a bit like jarring or like awkward. Um, There's something about this one that got me when I first saw the movie. (laughs) And I mean, it could have just been kind of early on in like this new era of Disney animation that we're in um, how like maybe we weren't expecting the comedy as much back in 2015 or whenever it was this movie came out. But um, like you said, just such a funny scene altogether. I I, w- I will say, I think that that the idea of Baymax kind of acting drunk, like raises more questions for me about the character <laughs> than anything. It's like, I, I don't, a lot of questions. So um, <laughs> I'm a bit confused, I think, about how uh, his brain is working in this moment um, and how he just suddenly becomes so inhibited, in, uninhibited like a real person would. Right. 
Um, going up against Mufasa, I mean, like Eric said, this nostalgia, this nostalgia bias is hard in this matchup. And uh, while I tend to not be nostalgic for Lion King, even though it is a movie I watched a lot as a kid, um, I do really appreciate this plot point in the movie. Um, and and so many of these falls are like deaths, um, but this one is 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 a death, but not as like a climactic death. Like it really is the inciting incident more than anything um, in the Lion King. So. I really like it. I, I really cannot wait to talk more about it because um, both of these Lion King falls on this bracket are great. I'm going to advance the number one seed Mufasa's death. We love drunk boy Baymax, um, but <laughs> we're going to have to send him home where he belongs um, and maybe he can get some sleep. Um, Karen and Eric, I Karen, I'm sorry. I know you said that you're biased towards Baymax, but do you think if it came down to you, you would have actually truly advanced Baymax over Mufasa? I don't know. I am Baymax. <laughs> I am Baymax. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I would probably advance Mufasa as well. Okay. That okay. was a tough one for me. <laughs> sure. We've all have a little Baymax in us. I think just a little one. All right. Let's move on to the, uh, the next matchup. And this is a good one. It's the number eight seed Cusco and Pacha's waterfall fall from Emperor's new groove versus number nine, Cat Isma's fall from, also Emperor's New Groove. Uh, this, <laughs> the New Groove matchup. Oh, I love this, it. This movie, man. This movie. <laughs> this we movie don't get is to, just one long fall. Yeah. I mean, we don't get to talk about this movie very much, but when we do, it's just in the best ways possible. Yep. And um, Karen, thank you for calling out the wrong lever cronk fall because that is <clears throat> iconic. But um, when I saw the Cusco and Pacha fall, I was like, which one are we talking here? Because like, there's <laughs> definitely several. Um, and so we're talking about the one where um, Cusco runs away from Pacha's village. He's lost in the forest. A bunch of panthers come up upon him. Um, and then Pacha comes swinging in like George of the Jungle. Run that, run that right now. Cusco's he, like, nah, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. And they said, run it. And Pacha came swinging in. He swoops. Uh, and then they go out over like a ledge uh, the 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 vine snaps they fly towards like a tree stump growing out of a cliff edge <laughs> and somehow the vine that they were swinging from perfectly wraps around them like uh some type of like um restraint that yeah. they're suddenly in which this is so goofy you know <laughs> it works it works for this movie because the whole thing is it's like a buddy it's like a buddy road movie right yeah and Kyle, I don't know if you know a whole lot about the making of uh, Emperor's New Groove, but uh, I recently stumbled upon a YouTube channel called It Was a <laughs> Show. And and one of the videos is the making of Emperor's New Groove was a shit show. Um, and that's really the channel. It's just like blank was a shit show. And then it yep. goes into detail to talk about why. And the Emperor's New Groove was supposed to be a whole different movie. Um uh, the Sting song made it into the credits, but there was going to be a lot more Sting uh, originally. <laughs> there was a, there was an issue with Katzenberg and like the Road to El Dorado film competing with Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Uh, they ended up having to like throw out the script. There were feuding directors. It was like the director of The Lion King versus the director of some other Disney movie. And they ended up producing like two films at once and everyone <laughs> had to like vote on the movie. It was like, oh, it was just... Man. It's, it was amazing how disastrous uh, the process sounded and, and what came out was was what I think to be maybe the most underrated Disney movie like in the catalog, but yeah. um, just so funny and so good 
and because of of moments like this, uh, Cusco and Pasha getting stuck on this log, uh, they fall off of the cliff, and they end up doing kind of like pinball bouncing comedy pinball bouncing down the cliff. They they end up rolling off of like a, a ramp that had somehow <laughs> formed from the cliff side. Uh, they end up in some water. And Cusco's facing the opposite, the, not towards the waterfall. And Pacha's facing the waterfall. And Cusco's like, we're about to go over a huge waterfall. And Pacha's like, yep, sharp rocks at the bottom, most likely. Bring it on. <laughs> and then there's a super wide shot. And they're like, just like a little tiny sp- small speck. And they, uh, they fly over the edge. Um, I do think that, you know, as I mentioned, this is kind of a moment of friction uh, for, for Cusco and Pacha. And, and they're kind of like, being forced to be together to like experience this fall, um, this, this moment of hardship together. Um, and it kind of is, is kind of the final straw that I think sets them like sets their relationship into like new motion where they realize that they like, they have to do things together. Uh, if they're going to accomplish their goals in this case, getting Cusco turned back into a person, but ultimately Kyle, the Cusco and Pacha fall is just a setup. For the greater for, fall. For the best fall <laughs> in Emperor's New Groove, and that is the Yzma fall. Uh, so if you don't remember this one, towards the end of the movie, uh, they're going through all the transformation vials, and Yzma ends up ingesting a cat transformation vial, uh, and she gets turned into a cat. Uh, not just a cat, a little adorable purple kitten. <laughs> um, super funny. Uh, she says, looking for this. <laughs> Um, and then they're like, don't drop the vial. And she's like, I'm not going to drop it. I'm going to drink it. And once I turn back into my beautiful self, I'm going to kill you. And then uh, she jump, uh, She drops the vial. She jumps off of the ledge to get the vial. And then she free falls. Down she goes. Uh, and that's the fall. In this moment, uh, the the foley is really good. If you don't know what foley is, foley is like um, sound effects in a movie. So people get in like a little room and they play the movie and they use whatever objects they can find to create whatever sound they want to come out of the film. So in this situation, it's like uh, the the tinking of the vial, ting 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 ting, mm-hmm. and and like the the whooshing of Cat Isma as she <laughs> falls in front of the screen is so good yeah i don't know what it is about that combination of like the scream the vial and the whoosh and like the way that the editing is paced and the and like the position she is in the screen oh my god and the uh the fact that it's just the same scream on loop that starts at the same exact point every single time like it's the beginning (laughs) of her scream even though she's in the middle of the fall uh, so then she she gets uh, then they like cut to, they cut to like a, a very adorable like Cusco <laughs> and Pacha conversation <laughs> for like thirty seconds and then they cut back to Isma and she's still falling uh, and then there's the guy with the trampoline at the bottom <laughs> for the last time we did not order a giant trampoline you know pal you could have told me that before I set it up <laughs> and then Cat Isma hits the trampoline and goes flying back up into the air but. But the sequence is not over because they hit us with the hilarious comedy edit again with the screaming cat and the vial falling down as she is now uh, reverse free falling back up. Uh, then she gets the vial, hits her head on the on the statue at the top, and then the scene proceeds. So that's the fall. Uh, so freaking funny. Yeah. Um, I love I love a good um, Midwestern accent. 
<laughs> when it is dropped into any anything. And I, my, my dad's from um, the Chicago area. My brother and his wife live in the Chicago area. Like I just, it's always a reference that I really appreciate. And so the fact that the trampoline guy is yeah. like a Midwest guy, I absolutely <laughs> love that. Um, I, there's not a whole lot going on here for me in terms of like character. And it's kind of like an expected moment in the plot. Obviously this is a comedy movie. So there's a little kind of like a Benny Hill <laughs> element to it as well. But um, it's just, when I think about Emperor's new move, I think about Cat Isma, and and I might just say it. Cat Isma may have uh, usurped Gaston as my favorite Disney <laughs> character because she is so good. Uh, so I am going with the the slight upset Cat uh, Isma over Cusco and Pacha. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same. Cat Isma is definitely gonna move on past the waterfall fall, and a big part of it is because of Isma's scream. I think that there's a portion of a good fall that needs a good scream. And especially in these Disney films, I want to feel like they are falling. And while it's great that Cusco uh, accepted the challenge and had more of a like a yell, a, a celebratory yell that he's going down the waterfall as opposed to a scream. I appreciate that out of this film. But uh, Yzma for sure. That scream is just hilarious. The way that they just they just did not care. They said loop the same scream. <laughs> start it from the top every single time we see her it's just so good it feels like one of those disney movies that they can never make again like it's like the it's like the teen beach movie of disney animated movies where it was like they made so many movies they made one that was basically making funny of all the other movies that they ever made and if they try it again then like the joke is tired so exactly it's just this it's it's i love it anyways uh Eric, when I was mentioning the scream, uh, you lit up. You was that something that you had caught on? And if it went to you, were you guys going to advance Cadizma? I well, I actually would have uh, voted for the other one personally, mm. but it's only because I like how they point out. I like how he like kind of acknowledges the silly like waterfall tropes before yeah. going over the waterfall. I like that kind of uh, break the fourth wall sort of thing, but. Um, also Eartha Kitt's blood curdling scream like four <laughs> times over I'm like yes it's a great scream but I'm like after hearing it like the four like I like I'm just okay all right all right I I actually needed it more it's yeah. the exact the exact reason you voted for it is the exact reason I voted for the other one <laughs> okay uh, Eric, I think we're going to have to loop your scream. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to play it through this whole episode. No, please don't ever do that. Please don't keep that as a soundbite. Please don't keep that as a soundbite. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the intro from now on. This yeah, hey, Kyle. Uh, hey, we need a soundboard, actually, on this podcast. <laughs> now do. that I have you, we, we need a soundboard. Let's, we'll, that'll be the first sound we throw on the board. It'll be a permanent, uh, permanent Anytime edition. that we hate a take, it's just Eric screaming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on to this next matchup. It is the number four, Claude Frollo falling to his death versus the number 13, Radigan and Basil falling from uh, Big Ben. Uh, also a death fall. So we got a couple of death falls of villains here. Uh, Frollo, you know, know it, you love it. Uh, Frollo has lost his goddamn mind and he is chasing down Quasi. He wants to kill Esmeralda. He doesn't know which one to murder first. Uh, They are at the top of the bell towers and they are being chased along the railings of this balcony. Uh, There's a couple of near misses where Quasi falls but is able to hold on to Frollo's coat. Uh, Same thing. 
Frollo gets kind of launched off the balcony because of Quasi's momentum. Uh, Quasi holds on to him. He swings over onto this little gargoyle uh, like um, gutter system, essentially like what the water would be falling out of the gargoyle's mm. mouth. Uh, and he hangs on, propels himself back up. He's ready to kill Esmeralda. Quasi's like halfway passed out by now. And Esmeralda is looming over the balcony. Uh, Claude Frollo is lifting up his hands to go ahead and uh, swing at Esmeralda. And the gargoyle starts to give way, which causes Frollo to fall backwards. And when he does, he he holds on to the head of the, the like, it's like a cat or like a demon uh, type of gargoyle. Uh, holds on to it. The thing comes alive. His demons are here and they're ready to b- drag him to hell. And boy, do they. Because before this scene, uh, they had lit, melted a bunch of metal and are sending it over the sides of the the bells of Notre Dame. And so the, the ground is just this big lava river. And uh, when that gargoyle comes to life, uh, it gives way. Frollo latches on like he's on uh, that <laughs> he's on that massive rocket that uh, like Johnny Knoxville flies on in Jackass 2. Like he's holding on to it. Like he's he's riding a bull and uh, he's fallen this time head first. He's going backwards down and head first. And he that's like the first time that we have this kind of like submarine fall in these falls. Like everyone else is falling, kind of flailing backwards. He's on a rocket ship to hell. He's holding on to that thing, going down head first. And we see him hit the lava river and we see this little kind of like splash of lava and that is the end of Frollo. So that is his fall. Pretty dramatic. Up against uh, Radigan and Basil from The Great Mouse Detective, which I'm sure that not many people have seen. Uh, long story short, there's a similar chase scene just on this one. Uh, they're on Big Ben, a couple of mice. Uh, Radigan is trying to kill Basil. Uh, he, we have the same sort of situation where there's a couple of near misses, a couple of hanging ons. Uh, Basil is, is basically knocked out. Uh, and and the alarm goes off, the the bell goes off on Big Ben, which shakes Radigan off of the clock tower. He goes falling down. Uh, Basil's holding on to the flying machine that they had flown into Big Ben to get there in the first place. Radigan grabs him and brings him down with him. Uh, they're screaming, they're falling. All of the side characters are mourning the death of Basil, but in his fall, he has held on to the propeller system of the flying machine and is able to use it as like a little propeller bike to bring himself back up to safety. So Radigan's dead, falls through the cr- clouds to the to the streets below, and Basil is safe. So we have a couple of falls here. Um, both villain falls, they're so similar um, in their sequence. It's, uh, it's the villain chasing down the main person, a couple of near-miss falls, a couple of dangling uh, protagonists, and then eventually the villain gets theirs. Uh, the only difference is that Frollo's is just so great uh, because of the buildup of Frollo. He he is a maniac. Like his eyes are starting to like glow red from the the lava below. He looks possessed, and at the end of the day, this kind of possessed building part is the one that helps send him to his demise. Now Radigan too. I mean, he looks like a maniac. Uh, he doesn't look like that throughout the rest of the movie. He's disheveled. He's he's gone through all this fighting fight scene. He was climbing through the gears of the clock not two minutes before they got outside of it. Like this is the end of his his race, and he plummets to his death too. 
the difference here for sure with Frollo is that scream. You get a Radigan scream for me that feels like uh, it, it, it feels like you told someone to act like you're falling and they, they did their best. But the Frollo scream has such fear in it. Like he's been so afraid of this day of reckoning for this entire film. Uh, and finally it's here. And so his scream is not only because he's falling from, you know, 45 stories up, but it's also because he knows what's going to be of him when he does die. And that's what makes that fall so good and so uh, settling. I I love it. I think it's a great fall. I'm going to go with the four seed here. There are a couple of things I really do not like about this great mouse detective fall. And number number one is the is the sound uh, design in this scene. (laughs) I mean, this was that kind of um, like weird period of Disney animation where the studio is sort of struggling kind of in between Sleeping Beauty and, uh, you know, the Disney Renaissance. So uh, it just like doesn't sound quite as rich. you know, the design isn't quite as complex. So right. it's it's almost like silence. Um, and then the the ripping sound when Basil's kind of hanging on to that flying machine. Uh, it's like it's like not mixed properly. Uh, and it's just kind of <laughs> goofy, goofy sounding. It really took me out of the moment. And there is nothing. There is nothing I hate more oh. in a movie or a TV show oh. than a fake out hero death. <laughs> Cannot stand it. We all know he's not going to die, okay? <laughs> don't don't like fake as a oh, the guy who literally you've been watching this movie for 90 minutes to watch him uh, you know, save the day. Um just kidding, he's dead. Like we know we know he's alive, okay? Right. Don't this is like a little kid, little kid in the balloons starts crying. <laughs> and the other little mouse like starts hugging like Bro, he's not dead. He's not dead. We, we saw him hold on to the thing on the way down too. <laughs> like, come on. Um, yeah, I can't stand that. When Ash dies in the Pokemon movie and like, all the <laughs> Pokemon start crying uh, and like the tears bring him back to life, I hated that. Like, bro, you're not going to kill Ash. Like, I know you're not. Okay. And I was like five when this movie came out. And I, and I even I was like, look. There's no way they're just Pokemon is over right now. Like it's five just five year old you in the fourth row. Uh, like this is Paul. He's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I was immediately out on this great mouse detective fall for that reason. Uh, so I'm agreeing with you. Um, advancing Frollo along. Um, Karen, Eric, I'm curious to know if um either of you or both of you knew about this great mouse detective moment. Um, because this was a movie I really didn't know anything about before we started this podcast. Yeah, I love Great Mouse Detective as a kid. And that's the only I watched I actually watched Great Mouse Detective more times than I had watched uh Hunch uh Hunchback of Notre Dame. I don't even oh, wow. rem- I don't remember anything about Hunchback. Um and so but I do I agree. I liked the the glowing red eyes. I, I do. I saw that. I, I, I do like that. Um, all right. Let's move on to the uh, the next matchup then. Uh, it's the number five seed uh, Gaston's death from Beauty and the Beast versus number 12 Moana's jump into the realm of monsters from Moana. Uh, the, this Moana one was one I actually had to go back and watch because I did not remember it off of the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but 
Maui and Moana are going to try and get his hook back, right? His hook is stuck in the realm of monsters. Yep. Um, and this is this is uh, it's stuck like on the back of Tamatoa. Yep. Jemaine, our boy. Uh, <laughs> and so. I don't know. They're on some t- kind of volcano looking thing uh, and they're about to jump in and Maui's like, I'm going, you're staying here. Peace. Yep. Uh, and uh, Maui does a cannonball jump. Um, he says it's a, it's a lot farther down than it looks or something like that. Uh, he cannonballs and he, he lets out like a little wahoo uh, as he's falling <laughs> too. So like clearly very confident guy. We know this about Maui. Uh, he's he's very proud of himself. Uh, he's familiar with his powers. Uh, no hesitation on his part. Uh, Moana definitely a little more hesitant to uh, to hop in, uh, but eventually she does. She goes down. She follows Moana. A little less graceful of a fall. Uh, it definitely wasn't an accidental like a trip or anything. Like she definitely intentionally jumped down into this realm of monsters. Um, although it was definitely like you know, uh, someone jumping off of a high object for the first time ever where they're kind of like limp. Yeah. Um, but uh, Maui lands uh, gracefully at the bottom. He says, sticks the landing. Um, and Moana ends up kind of like falling through this like bubble spiral. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of really cool colors. And it's just a really awesome animation sequence at the end of the day, I think. Yeah. I would say that that's probably like the most redeeming part for me about this, this Moana fall, um, is, is the visual element. Um, Maui mentions no human is going to jump into the realm of the, and then Moana lands on his head. Uh, and, and then she like, kind of like ricochets off and starts bouncing (laughs) down. She ragdolls down this like cliff. (laughs) And Maui's like, well, she's dead. (laughs) Um, so like, I guess if I was going to pull something out of this scene, it would just, it's just like a nice character moment for Moana, you know, like she, she shows some courage in this moment. We talked about her a lot. Um, when we talked about Disney heroes in the very first episode of mouse madness ever 173 episodes ago. Yeah. Um, we talked about Moana's um, hero qualities and, um, it's just like, it's a moment that just goes to show that, you know, all she's really equipped with is her bravery. And that's really all that it takes to, uh, to save the day. Um, and that's what she did. So uh, we are going up against Gaston and like, you know me, I love my boy Gaston. Um, but I've always, I, I always haven't been totally satisfied with the death of Gaston. I'm going to be yep. completely honest with you. Same. Um, this is kind of um, a climactic moment in the movie. It's uh, in one corner. We have the douchebag <laughs> from the village uh, weighing in at 270 pounds. It's Gaston. And in the other corner, we've got the man who, who knows how old he is, he's covered in hair, weighing in at 310 pounds. It's the beast. And so they're duking it out. Clash of the Titans, right? Um, uh, Gaston's got like a little statue club thing, and he's taking heads off of gargoyles and stuff. <laughs> I know. God. Um, eventually, Beast gets him out over the edge of the castle, um, and he has the opportunity to throw Gaston to his death. He says, no, I'm not that guy. <laughs> that ain't, not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> uh, so so um, basically, Bell, Beast goes back up to Bell. I mean, by the way, like this whole thing is kind of like framed um, as like the battle for Bell. Um, right. Gaston, Gaston kind of makes it about that. Um, he's like, Bell will be mine. Um, and, and we kind of know that 
that's probably the yes the case for beast but this is not really about bell for gaston like this is very much about himself yes um and and like all all elements of his relationship with bell have always been about himself um and so there that added element into it i think is is nice uh, it makes the conflict have a little bit more depth to it um but eventually um Gaston cheater scumbag uh <laughs> you know he just had his life saved by the beast but then he comes up shank from behind um but then this is the part where it's like and then he just like falls down it was like just kind of like an own goal on Gaston um, <laughs> you know just I guess tried a maneuver that was a bit out of his skill range yeah and he uh, and he kind of just fell backwards uh, th- it, it is a good shot it is a good shot of the fall um the the, the rain makes it really epic um, but again, I just feel like it's a little bit unsatisfying. So while I really like mm, the character Gaston, I like the, the kind of conflict between the two characters. I like, I guess it reveals kind of the scummy side of Gaston a little bit. I actually might go with the upset here. I might give this <laughs> one to, yeah, I might give this one to Moana. Um, <laughs> I don't know. A, a villain death fall is, is a little bit of a cliche. So I want to make sure that we're advancing the right ones on to the next round. So mm. um, I think I'm going to go with Moana. Yeah. Dang. Because I was going to go with Gaston. And the reason why I was going to go with him is that like he his death was at his own feet. Like he no one pushed him off. No one, you know, removed the, the roof from under him. He went for yet another strike and lost his own footing Uh, it's that kind of overconfidence or so he's just so into uh he's so confident that he's going to win that he's not even thinking about his own safety Uh, and and that's what throws him off and if it was just a shot of him falling backwards like a mufasa then then yeah i think that i would probably agree but we get that side shot of him where he's falling backwards and his hair is kind of like waving in the in the wind as he's yeah. falling and he looks down to see where he's about to land and his hair his eyes like between his hair and you can see how like terrified he is uh, i think that makes that moment like it's that realization where he's like man i've i've up like <laughs> I've, I've been up and i really up this time uh, and so I like the Gaston fall. I love the Moana one as well because it is important to her character development of her getting knocked down and getting back up again until she learns to kind of harness who she is instead of trying to be what she thinks she needs to be. I think that's super important. We talked a ton about that in that first very first episode that we ever had. Um, but I'm going to go with Gaston, which means Ooh. we have our very first tie break. Karen and Eric... The choice is in your hands. Uh, talk to us. What you got? Well, I have to agree. I was really satisfied with seeing Gaston die. Like, <laughs> I just got joy from seeing him gone. Like, I was just like, you, you deserve that. Um, I will say the Moana scene, like, watching it through, it's it's gorgeous. Um, and she's so spunky. I love her. And I wasn't expecting her to jump in first time. Like, I was expecting her to, like, kind of psych herself out and when i saw her jump i was like she's a badass <laughs> <laughs> let's go i agree but i i think Moana takes because it, it is a good looking scene but also again gas it just 
I had to like rewind the Gaston scene a couple times because I was like, does he just let it looks like he's on the back of Beast? He stabs him. Yeah, okay. And he's like on there. But I'm like, he just yeah. he just like lets go of him. Bye. I'm like I like he didn't try any man- crazy maneuver or anything. He wasn't overcome. He lets go that's of why, the beast bag and he falls. That's why it's so satisfying. Because it's like you did it to yourself. Bye. Right. <laughs> Cell phone. That's great. All right, Mohana moves on. Uh, let's get over to the other side of the brackets. Number two, Alice falling down into the rabbit hole. Verse the number 15, Mirabelle visits Bruno's room. Mirabelle's fall is a fun gag fall. I remember letting out at least a ha when it happened. Because in the moment leading up, she is trying to find this vision. She is trying to discover kind of what the hell is going on with this house, what's going on with me, what's going on with the fam. And she is being led to Bruno's room, which no one has been in. It's been off limits and she's going exploring. So even for us as the audience, we're like, we don't know what's about to happen. We've been led to believe that Bruno's the villain of this film. Uh, And so things could get a little dicey in there. And she opens the door. Uh, She sees this this opening at the other side of the room and it's just this waterfall of sand turns around the house is like i can't help you bro you're on your own in this room we don't we don't have any jurisdiction out here and so she's like all right i got i got i just got to go see, find this vision and then i can figure out how to restore the flame and everything's going to be chill man and she takes one step into that waterfall and boom it is there's no ground below it she goes tumbling down the this mound of sand she does a she does a nice moana uh ragdoll action where she is doing these kind of flailing somersaults one two lands on her face and then slides down the rest of that sand on her face gets up spits out the sand lets the sand out of her glasses and she's ready to go on her journey so i think it's funny I love that it wasn't the kind of usual fall in which like it's like boom, 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 and they just land at the bottom, get back up. You get that little slide action for a little bit added comedy. I think it's funny. I think it's silly. I like it a lot. Up against Alice, who is uh, you, you really forget just how like annoying Alice is in Alice in Wonderland. Until you watch this scene, like she's supposed to be. We're like two minutes into the film, and Alice is already acting up a fever dream <laughs> i just feel like she, is she i i also have that sense where like she's kind of just really aloof and i'm like i'd be freaking out but maybe maybe i'm just at a different level of anxiety than you yeah i'm not going to w- crawl into a hole in the ground ma'am yeah. oh, she's she's embracing the trip i mean <laughs> like, is- this is this is yeah. like this is like psychedelics 101 dude like and this is why you're i don't supposed do to, you're supposed to follow the rabbit do down the hole and that's if why you try I don't to do fight them. it then you're gonna have a bad time and this is why i'm afraid of because i will fight it i love how when she starts to fall she's like looking up and she sees her cat and she's just like goodbye dino okay goodbye. let's get into that let's get into that so she's crawling through the rabbit hole and the ground gives out and down she starts falling she's tumbling And she's already kind of tumbling in slow motion and she's somersaulting a little bit, but she's somersaulting enough to where she can look back up at the hole and her cat's like, bitch, get back here. And she's like, bye, Dinah. And he's like, right, bye, I guess so. I guess so. I guess she is embracing the trip. (laughs) She 
certainly was. Uh, so she she turns kind of uh, feet down first and her dress poofs up like a parachute and down she floats. And as she goes down into the rabbit hole, uh, her trip gets uh, trippier and trippier. She is seeing a lot of weird images. She's kind of narrating what she's seeing as she goes. She's thinking about how where she's going to land, if she's going to land you know, with the world upside down because she's falling through the earth. And there's a photo of like people standing on the bottom of the earth, painting of people standing on the bottom of the earth, a bunch of weird objects as she's going down. She's floating, she's flowing, but she's chilling, man. She's feeling it and she's feeling good. Uh, Right when she starts talking about thinking she's going to land at the bottom right side up, her feet catch a curtain rod uh, and she notices that the ground is actually upside down and she flips herself over and uh, away the, the film goes. There's a couple of moments in there where she like lands on a rocking chair uh, and she starts falling a little faster. She gets a little scared. Trip gets a little, little too scary and the rocking chair kind of rocks her off and she catches her parachute again. Uh, it's, a, it's an iconic, iconic, iconic fall. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the number two seat here. Uh, the Mirabelle trip gag is sort of in line with the Baymax one where it was just kind of a, a moment that happens to to get that chuckle out of the situation as opposed to influence the plot at all. Uh, it's it's one that catches her off guard. I love a good fall with a good scream uh, that we don't really get that. It's kind of a whoa, little misstep as opposed to a, a fall. Alice, at least you get the whoa, whoa, whoa as she's going down. So I'm going to go two seat here, Chris. Whoa. <laughs> oh yeah, another sound bite. Put it on the soundboard. <laughs> um, a couple of things. Um, do you remember when? I mean, obviously, like video game technology is so different, and like the way they make games is different. But there was a period, like soon after, like the PS2 came out and like the GameCube came out, where like they would make a video game out of everything. Uh, it was like Haunted Mansion, Eddie Murphy movie comes out for making a Haunted Mansion video game where all you do is go around and like talk to some ghosts. I would actually love to play an Encanto video game where you're like unlocking different rooms in the house um, and you're like going oh, yeah. on like little quests in the village to like um, do whatever uh, needs to be done in the village. Um, I think that would be a super fun like role playing Disney role playing game. Um, yeah. and instead, we're left with live service games like uh, Dreamlight Valley, where you can never win, um, and it, all it wants to do is suck you the money out of you. <laughs> um, but that is for another episode. The sand, though. And the yeah. reason I say that is because the sand curtain in Bruno's room is so sick. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things that I feel like I would encounter in like some type of like puzzle video game where it's like how am I supposed to get through the sand curtain? Like um, this is prevent- preventing me from advancing further in the level. Uh, yeah. I think that's just like, it, it has nothing to do with this fall, but it just like, I think that's a really cool like visual element for this house. And just thinking about like Bruno as a dude, he's like, how am I, how am I going to get people to not come in my room? Sand curtain. Yeah. <laughs> Forever falling sand curtain. The entire Encanto house could be a uh, a level in Kingdom Hearts. And what you're oh, just kind of like going sure. from room to room. Yeah, that's to, great. That's great. Yeah. Number two. I guess maybe that's, is that number two or number three? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I hate, my number one, I hate a fake hero death. But if there's anything that I hate almost as much as a fake hero death, it's a great, beautiful character moment 
getting punctuated with a comedy beat. Ah. It's Olaf. Yep. It's Marvel. Yeah. It's this moment of and Mir- and Miramel says it. She's like, um, the house. She's like, Can you help me, uh, Casita? And there's the, no the, the, the tiles apparently are like, hell no, girl. <laughs> and then she's like, I have to do this for myself. I can do it alone. I have to do it for you. I have to do it for my family. It's gonna be scary but we're going to let it ride, baby. I have to dig within. Even though I have no powers, we're going to do this. And then yep. she like, oh, 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 she fell down. <laughs> I bet you weren't expecting her to fall down. We got you. It's like, bro, come on. Like that was actually a really cool moment in the movie. And like, I really loved that moment for a character. I wish we could have like built on that moment instead of like resetting the scene back to zero. Yeah. Um. So I hate that. I hated it. Um, this fall gets an F from me. It is it is bottom tier. Uh, I am advancing Alice, uh, Karen, and Eric. Do you do you agree with uh, moving Alice along here? Did you were you a fan of the Mirabelle moment? I was a fan of the Mirabelle moment just because it was so relatable. Um, I felt <laughs> like that was something I would do straight out if I encountered a, a sand waterfall. Okay. Um, but I will say the Alice one holds near and dear to my heart. I've read the books. I love the movie. I love a good trip. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, I think the the only positive thing that I said about the Kanto fall scene was that the sand looked really cool. I like the texture True. of the sand. It looked really great. Um, but it definitely doesn't carry the same cultural. Sure. That uh, the Alice fall has. So. Yeah, I would love. I can't wait to talk about that cultural element in, on the next episode. Um, but number two, Alice falling down the rabbit hole moves on. Next matchup, it's the number seven Mother Gothel's death versus number ten Ralph diving to the rescue at the end of Wreck It Ralph. Um, brief rundown: uh, Mother Gothel climax of the movie. There are two choices. Um, Rapunzel doesn't stay in the tower and Eugene dies <laughs> or Rapunzel saves Eugene, but she has to stay in the tower. Uh, these are, these are the choices. Uh, but, th- but then our boy Eugene hits us with door number three, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and what's behind door number three of shattered mirror piece, uh, slicing Rapunzel's hair. Um, and the death of mother Gothel. Uh, it's a, it's, um, uh, Melisandre game of Thrones moments where she, she becomes very old very quickly. Um, it falls out the window and is reduced to just air by the time she hits the ground. Um, it's, uh, really kind of honestly like a morbid in a way. Yes. Uh, so many of these falls, um, cut out pieces. Uh, maybe you see the character falling, but not them landing. Maybe you see them once they've landed, but not the moment of impact. Uh, maybe you don't even see the fall at all. Maybe they just go off screen and you just uh, assume what happened. But this is the only one on our bracket where you get the whole process from uh, normal to hitting the ground. Um, and obviously by the time she hits the ground, she's not really a, a person anymore, but still, uh, you get the full fall. And I think that that's really cool. You also get, uh, ev- pretty much every angle you could imagine uh, in the mother <laughs> Gothel fall. You get, um, you know, from, from the inside of the tower, as she goes out the window, you get from the bottom, her falling toward the camera from the top, her falling away from the camera, a super wide shot as she kind of like 
not sure how it makes sense in terms of physics, but she's falling just a little bit too slow uh, <laughs> and a little bit. I think the uh, gravity is like an exponential force, right? Like it gets fa- so you fall faster because um, it acts on you exponentially. Right. Shout out to Eric Johnson. I know science, <laughs> um, but but she's like falling at this very kind of like steady speed that is not realistic i don't know if it has to do with like because she's just a cloak there's like an updraft or something yeah i was gonna say it's she's losing mass so she's <laughs> not gonna okay. pick up speed as she falls maybe we can get um teacher johnson let's call to, um, <laughs> to, to set this up in a physics equation <laughs> yeah, we'll call call a friend right now yeah if your if your mass decreases as you're falling what is the speed and mass um for the fall to be constant speed so that's that. That's that moment. Um, going up against Ralph, um, diving to the rescue. Um, glitch. What's his name? Not glitch. Twitch. Tur- tur- turbo. Yeah, but what's it? turbo? Glitch. Twitch. <laughs> Jeez. Um, King Turbo. King Candy Turbo flies him up into the air as the bugs are taking over. Um, Sugar Rush. Sugar Rush. Sure. Sugar Rush, I think that's the name of the game. Yep. And then uh, Ralph decides that uh, King Candy says, it looks like it's a game over for both of you. <laughs> and then Ralph's like, no, just for me. Uh, and he goes and he does a free fall, um, somehow breaks away from like the vice grip of all 10 of, of Turbo's uh, yep. tentacles or whatever. <laughs> yep. Um, and then he goes into uh, like a Superman dive. Like it's a nice little hero reference, uh, the classic hero posture where your fist is facing the sky, but he is facing down. Um, instead of the fist, uh, his other fist around his hip, um, he's clutching the the hero medal that Vanellope made him. Um, he starts saying his uh, his villains uh, or his bad guys anonymous. Yeah, uh, the speech. like mantra. Uh, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm bad and that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's he's like I said, clutching onto the metal um, and he looks at it uh, and that's really the last thing that he intends to see before he commits this sacrifice where I guess he plans to to be... Um, Blowed up by yeah. the Mentos Coke explosion. Yeah, so this is a fall, but it is a very calculated fall um, and it is a, it is a self-sacrifice. Um, this is a, just a great character moment. You know, and like not to mention the music during this moment is very like somber. It's very like kind of religious sounding. It's it's not like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like leading up to like a climax. It's like it is kind of one of those like that the movie's over, you know, like, right. Here we go. Um, so there. Yes, there is like a, a, a hero death fake out moment um, that comes at say. the end of here. But. But I do, I, I do, it, I do think it's a little different, you know. Like you have a character kind of doing a thing, and and he's completing the arc in this moment, uh, and so, so I love that for Ralph, and and I love the movie Wreck It Ralph. Uh, I think there's a lot of symbolism that's going on in the Mother Gothel scene that I really like, um, particularly the idea that like the tower is this, um, like setting for safety mm-hmm. in in the movie and just like in general you say oh like he's he's in a tower um that's it means like you're insulated right right uh, and mother gothel's death being one where she is cast from the tower like she could have just she could have just dropped dead right there like they could have just made the scene she goes boop and turns into a pile <laughs> of bones and, and she uh, she just goes limp and that's it and she dies in front of the two characters while she's standing there but she tumbles out the window 
and I think it's it's kind of saying something about like you know the character isn't just dying, but uh, there's like a know, freeing moment as well. Yeah, sure, yeah, Rapunzel. She's she's cast from Rapunzel's bubble, and yeah. Um, so I like I. This is a stretch, but um, lanterns and I see the light rising. Mother Gothel falling. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just sure. Gonna, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Hey, all right. Sure. I, I just had to throw it out there. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Mother Gothel. I mean, I love Tangled, and and like I said, this this death is uh, it feels really complete. It, the fall feels really complete. You know, you get it from all angles and stuff. So so I got I got Mama G. Uh, you said uh, she's falling out with the the two others in there, sir. There were three others in there. That's right. We I'm got, sorry, we got baby I'm, Pascal I'm sorry, out here Pascal. tripping, tripping mama out the window. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to put some respect on Pascal's name. Sure. Now I'm going Gothel as well. I think that this is a, a great fall. It's a great villain's death. Uh, the li- build up to the fall is arguably better than the other villain falls here where it's not just her own doing, but it's her agony it's it she's freaking out <laughs> like she is freaking out so much that she's just like cl- almost trying to like clutch to her youth and as she's doing that she's blinding herself to what is around her there's just so much with that death in general as far as symbolism goes and then you got pascal pulling that tightrope baby so she trips out the window i'm gonna go with gothel as well i like the the ralph dive there's a part in the ralph dive where he does when he punches through the Mentos, uh, he's he goes limp like that took all of the energy out of him, and it, we get the slow mo with the the Mentos falling uh, not as fast as he is, and so that it kind of feels like he's floating among all of these Mentos. Oh, yeah. It's just like yeah. a really cool visual shot. But my favorite visual shot in these two is when we zoom way the hell out and see the little speck that is Mother Gothel like falling to the ground. It's just it's just great. I love it. Uh, so Gotham's moving on. Uh, Karen and Eric, any issues with the villain death over the hero fall? Uh, no, I have to agree that Mother Gothel's death is. I there's something about her locking Rapunzel in that tunnel or the tunnel, the tower. And if Rapunzel ever wanted to get out of that tower, she would have to jump to that fall and die. Right. And so that the fact that she jumps, she jumps, she falls out of the window and dies is just again so satisfying. <laughs> Apparently, I'm, I I seek vengeance. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> you want you want revenge at every turn. Uh, but I will say that Wreck It Ralph, the fact that he does sacrifice himself for Vanellope, we love Sarah Silverman. I love that movie. I think it's the cutest thing ever. Karen did shed a tear. I shed it. I did shed a tear <laughs> <laughs> while watching this back. Or the oh my gosh, the Wreck It Ralph one. She shed a tear. I immediately started crying. Um, so yeah, during when he recites the. Uh, when he starts reciting the his, anonymous his, yeah. yeah his like affirmation yeah it's it's very good yeah it's a great moment but uh gothel's death takes the takes the crown there let's go ahead and move on to this next matchup it's number three evil queen's death from snow white versus number 14 tarzan and jane ditching the monkeys uh tarzan and jane are evading these monkeys that jane was attempting to study uh, and they they kind of try and start punking her and so here comes tarzan to save her from the situation He's swinging from vine to vine. Uh, they get onto the branches and he's doing the 1997 X Games inline skating routine as he's trying to evade these monkeys. 
eventually, he's forced to grab vines again. Jane's falling multiple times. He's grabbing her. Uh, the fall that we're talking about here is when uh, the very last moment that they're on the vines, they launch onto this hollowed log uh, that is suspended in the air, wherever we are. And uh, Tarzan has to hit the splits in order to hold up he and Jane. Uh, the hollow log gives out. They go tumbling down. And you feel like uh, there's a potential that they are going to hit the ground. But as Chris uh, has alluded, it's very uh, it's very rare that our heroes are going to die, let alone in their first interaction together. Uh, so they are they are 30, falling. 30 minutes into Tarzan. Just kidding. Movie's over. Movie's over. We should actually <laughs> rename this film because Tarzan's dead, everybody. <laughs> um, and and. Tarzan's able to grab some vines as they are falling and he's holding on to Jane and he, the, the friction of the vines burning his hand up, but he flings them onto this branch. Uh, the log that they were standing on comes crashing down, breaks the branch uh, that they were standing on, but luckily he's, he's got her pinned up against that tree so that he, he's, they're both safe uh, and the monkeys go plummeting down. None of the monkeys die. They all get up and, and run away. But that's kind of the fall there. It's just it's very chaotic fall. This is one of the yeah. more chaotic falls on this bracket. Yes. A lot happening here. Up against the evil queen. Boy, do I love this fall. So good. God, so I love good. this fall. Uh, evil queen is evading the uh, the dwarves after Merkin Snow White with the apple, and they're they're trying they're going to get their vengeance, and she gets chased up this hilltop. This cr- this cliff top, I guess, is more like it. It's raining. It's storming. There's lightning. She gets to the top and she's like, oh, I got them boys right here. Because sitting there is this massive boulder that I'm going to go ahead and dislodge and send it careening down the cliff side that the dwarves are running up. And it's just going to roll over them and kill them. So she's she's laughing. She's got that evil evil queen cackle that's going on. And she's trying to dislodge this thing. And this is what I love about this death in general, but also the fall, is that you would think that what happens to her is that when she's trying to dislodge this boulder, that boulder will roll back onto her and will send her down. No. The heavens open up and want her dead. And we have a lightning strike that strikes the cliffside, taking the cliff out from under her, and she goes plummeting. She's screaming. Uh, You hear her yell her scream kind of softly diffuse into the distance and meanwhile above her are these vultures that have set in which already let us know that she was going to die like that was our foreshadowing into the moment that they were just waiting for her to go off that cliff and there she went she went off we don't know that she hits the ground but the vultures indicate that she hits the ground because they move into action and they float on down to go and uh go eat that body uh, so I love that scene a lot. Uh, it's the evil queen scream for me. Jane's scream as she's falling is also a really good one. Like it sounds like it's coming from the depths of her stomach. Like it's a really like fearful scream. Absolutely. But the treachery, like you still hear the evil in the evil queen's scream. Like it's still her like old hag self screaming as she's falling to her death in this way that felt uh unanticipated because i honestly thought that that boulder is going to roll back on her and yet the lightning strikes it it was just such a perfect moment for that film Uh, i like it a lot i'm gonna go with the three seed here the um 
Snow White's just such a, it's like um, you get whiplash sometimes when you're watching Snow White because it's like they'll spend 15 minutes singing a song about how, how, how to wash your hands and then <laughs> and then like two minutes later the queen has transformed into a witch and teleported to the house, killed Snow White and then died herself. Yeah, all in like <laughs> six and a half minutes. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, that escalated quickly um but it is a really great scene um even though it happens very abruptly um there's not a lot of like i guess um tension that leads up to it um it is it is very very well done like you said kyle um and the tarzan and jane stuff is pretty chaotic i am not a huge fan of the movie tarzan i i don't hate it but um, it just doesn't really do a lot for me. It, it feels very like nineties. I don't know that it has the same kind of timeless quality. Some of the other nineties Disney movies have. Yeah. Um, and like you said that, that it's got that kind of extreme element. Um, and that is really <laughs> highlighted in this, in this very chaotic scene animation. Very well done. I will say oh, very, very, well very, done. very impressive, very well done. Um, but there's not a lot on the line for me. So I'm going to go with the evil queen, evil witch as well. Um, Eric, um, and Karen, do you, were, were you thinking about moving Tarzan on or are you with us uh, with the witch death? I'm with you for the witch. Um, I was I was expecting the, the twig, the stick to break. And that's how oh. she. Oh, I think I was like, oh. I was like, even better. Um, and also just like the little dwarves angrily running up the cliff to go get her. Or just it. I don't know why that's so cute. They're so angry. <laughs> uh, I, I'm the only one. I think I, w- I would have done Tarzan because it's the only fall that uh, that out of the 16 that Gainey gave me like a visceral reaction when oh. his hand starts to I was like, ah, yeah. like it kind of hurt me for a second. So they got points for that. Um, I was never into Snow White as a kid. So sure. I was just, that was like the first time I ever saw the fall and I was like, all right, that's. <laughs> I mean, it, what was it I'm even impressed. a fall? We didn't even really see it. So, like, oh man, that's what this. <laughs> I don't know. All right, I gotta watch the whole. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, all of that happens in six minutes, I'm like, wow, I gotta watch this. I gotta know what happened. The film's like an hour five. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty tight. It's the first Disney animated it's film. The first Disney movie or animated it? movie. You haven't really watched it? No, I wasn't born in the forties. Okay. <laughs> So neither was I. Um, it feels like the oldest um, Disney animated movie as well. So yeah. Um, but uh, let's move on to the last uh, round one matchup. Uh, it is the number six seed Scar's death from the Lion King versus number eleven Anna, Kristoff, and Olaf's cliff jump from Frozen. I am having a really <laughs> hard time, um, kind of like looking at this bracket and seeing a way where Mufasa's death and Scar's death don't meet up in the finals. Oh, I do. Um, I'm sure you do. And (laughs) again, me, the guy who loves to uh, argue against Lion King, um, but the Mufasa death and the Scar's death, I mean, this movie is about the circle of life, right? Like it's about like things being in relationship with one another and balance and like the Mufasa death and the Scar's death. There you go. Like one cannot, one is not good without the other. Right. So, um, if you don't like one, you have to like both of them (laughs) or neither of them, you know? 
Uh, and then I like the Mufasa one, and I like the Scar one a lot. They're a little bit different. Um, yeah. Scars, Scars fall. He doesn't really necessarily die from the fall. Um, he, everything, everything starts getting on fire. Uh, yes. And, and Scar decides to run up the mountain. By the way, what's, mm. what is up with characters um, running up mountains um, to, to try and escape? Um, because the evil witch does that as well. And she's yeah. like, oh no, I'm trapped. Girl, what did you think was going to happen when you <laughs> ran up a mountain? There's only it, one way down. It's the uh, Obi-Wan high ground, dude. Come on. <laughs> they had the same thought. I was like, why are we running up a mountain to escape? There's nowhere else to go. I watched um, that Florence Pooh movie. What's it called? <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Dude, she ran up the mountain in the end of that movie, too. And I was like, where are you going? We didn't finish that. Thanks, Chris. Well, she runs up a mountain. Spoiler alert. That's Good to know. I'm going to be looking out for that when we finish it. Florence Pooh. That's how you say it. That's how you say it, right? Yeah. Florence Pooh. Um, oh, man. So anyways, I digress. Uh, Scar runs up the mountain to try <laughs> yeah. and escape uh, Simba. He gets chased up the mountain, and guess what? He gets cornered in. Uh, they do a little cat fight, and um, uh, Scar gets donkey kicked off of the <laughs> off of the edge, springboarded off the edge. Also, though, Yoink. him him flying through the the flames to get to Simba is a scene that has been etched into my mind. Like every time I see that, I have a similar reaction to Eric and and seeing the the vine holding the hand like ouch to me when scar is flying through that those flames i get transported back to like four-year-old me being like that is a terrifying image he is a demon rising from the flames right now i don't know how he doesn't see the ninja kit coming at him though like that yeah. seems like such as i don't know anyways gets kicked off of the edge and he he falls but not like far enough that it's like kind of uh temporarily incapacitating but not enough to like cause injury. Yeah. Um and there's his boys at the bottom the hyenas. <laughs> uh and he they had recently overheard him talking some smack. Yeah. Um he threw him under the bus. He said this whole this whole murder Mufasa take over the kingdom thing it wasn't me. It was this, the hyenas. The boys back home. Um and they heard him and they were like this don't like that uh and so uh, they end up they end up eating him uh scar gets eaten and that's kind of how he dies so it's not the the fall is not what kills him the getting eaten is what kills him but yep. i think the fall the fall element is important you know like i don't yeah. think i don't think this scene is the same without the fall um just because uh it is symbolic of simba kind of overthrowing literally uh, scar yeah he's he's um thrown from his perch uh his, yeah. his crown he's he's lowered down oh, he's taken down a notch uh and that's that's where he gets consumed by um by the hyenas Anna, Kristoff, olaf um they go to elsa's house uh elsa <laughs> is not down to to hang out with them no visitors uh, today she says she says please leave and then they try to go back home and then they end up marshmallow the the snow monster they were going to rappel down a cliff to like escape. And then <laughs> someone throws a tree and then the marshmallow throws a tree at them. Um, and Anna says, jump on three. And then 
a tree flies through the air and then she says tree and then she jumps. It's kind of a joke that I it doesn't really land. No, uh, it, it, it was not. one. It was one I I've seen Frozen probably 15 to 20 times. And yeah. this was the first time I even caught that joke. <laughs> Cuz um, it just doesn't make sense or land. It's in such a weird part of the movie too. But anyways, uh Anna and Kristoff are kind of like dangling from an edge on a rope. Olaf gets punted off of the cliff by Marshmallow. He, his body ends up like uh, becoming... Uh, like three. He hits like yeah. a jagged rock and splits into three. Sure. And then he flies all the way down and says, have a nice... What does he say? Have a nice fall or... Hang in there. Know. He says, hang in there. Okay. Ha <laughs> Funny guy, Olaf. Funny guy. <laughs> and then... Um, marshmallow like grabs the rope and then he says don't come back <laughs> and then Anna ch- chops the rope which I don't understand the point of the chopping of the rope because I feel like he would have let go of them anyway he, he was gonna drop them <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they fall into like uh, they fall off a cliff into some snow where Anna says that wasn't that bad it was like a soft snowy airbag or something um, and then Olaf says I can't feel my legs and it's Kristoff's legs because he was sitting on top of Kristoff. Huh? Explain so, it. So How? Funny. How did Kristoff end up under Olaf? Olaf is the one that fell first. Well, snow, a lot of stuff can happen with snow. <laughs> uh, snow does not, the snow does not follow the basic rules of physics. Okay. okay? Sorry, um, I think we got to call Eric Johnson uh, again. On no, that but, one. but, but um, super dangerous. Like, um, skiing, I dabble in skiing. And like, uh, if you're backcountry skiing, you are supposed to ski with, um, uh, avalanche safety backpack that basically has an airbag inside mm. of it. So if you jump off a cliff, uh, and you end up falling into the snow, you can hit the airbag and it creates like a safe space. So you basically don't suffocate inside a snow pack that was like not, not packed tight enough. Right. Um, so this was a very dangerous thing for Anna Olaf and Kristoff to do. And I'm glad they made it out alive. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. This was, I guess like a comedy beat or something. I'm not a huge fan of this fall. Uh, the, the, the best fall in frozen is the sled falling off the cliff and then exploding. Yeah. Um, after the wolf chase scene, I'm going to go ahead and sled. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, reinsert that one into <laughs> this matchup. But yeah, it's definitely scar for me. The lion King moving on to the next round. Yeah. It's scar for me as well. And I'll talk about it more next time because it's just, it's just the better fall here. The frozen one just feels so out of place and so forced when none of that needed to happen. No one said three for Anna to misinterpret it as tree. Like that joke just doesn't make any sense. Uh, scars moving on. We have our elite eight, uh, Karen and Eric, I'm assuming that you were bigger fans of the Scarfall than you were of the Frozen Fall. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> just just a yeah. I don't want to get the my Frozen fans. <laughs> we're, hey, we're a feisty bunch. Um, you know, I just, Frozen was cute. It's not my fave. I don't think we needed 2,500 movies out of it or shows. Whatever. We do. We absolutely do. Um, his niece is currently running around saying, Remote? Anna? Mot? Anna? She knows. She knows. She, she's a real one. She knows. Yeah, that's a real one right there. All right. Next time we are going to be talking about this Elite Eight and they look like this. The number one 
Mufasa falling versus number nine, Kat Yzma falling. Uh, the number four, Claude Frollo falling versus the number 12, Moana falling. Across the brackets, the number two, Alice falling versus the number seven, Mother Gothel falling and rounding out the Elite Eight. So number three, the Evil Witch falling versus the number six, Scar falling. Karen and Eric, thank you so much for joining us here for this first episode, first round. Uh, we really appreciated your insight. We appreciated Eric's sound effects, and we look forward to having you back for part two. We look forward to it. Thanks for having us. All right, everyone, you know how to reach us. Do you have something to say about these Disney Falls? Did we miss one? Would you like to throw in your hat for a Disney Fall? Please email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness. Become a member of Jerry's gang by joining us at the $5 level. We would love to have you there. Folks, I'm sorry, but I have to say it. Don't come back!